Welcome to the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy helping other people? Do people keep coming to you for advice? Or maybe you keep finding yourself in career conversations. If you want to know what it really takes to become a career coach and help others pursue work they love by doing something that you love, well, then this is the podcast for you. We will be talking to experienced career coaches, exploring what it really means to be a career coach and how they were able to first get their start, the challenges they overcame, and many lessons learned along the way. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow. I'm the CEO and founder of Happen to Your Career and the creator of the Professional Career Coach Training and Certification. Hey, welcome to the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. I am incredibly excited today because our guest, the coach that we get to talk to and share his story. I've known for a period of time here. It's it's not been years, but I have been familiar with his work for pretty close to two years at this point and been following his work. And most recently, he has joined our team at Happen to Your Career, and I've had the pleasure of working with him. But I've had a ton of respect for the work he's done, partially because he's made a lot of career changes himself. And on top of that, been in each and every one of them, continued to be true to what is what is great for his life. So he very much walks the walk. He's not just a career coach. He's somebody that delivers and practices what uh, he preaches and teaches and coaches as well along the lines. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you Mo Chenbuckham. How are you? Hey, Scott. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for that intro. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I get to talk fairly regularly at this point. We don't <laughs> yeah. always hit the record button as it turns out. So I'm excited to, to have this conversation. But even though I know a whole bunch of your backstory, mm-hmm. share with our listeners here what you did before coaching. And that might be a little bit of a loaded question because you've done more than a few things. Yeah. So I'll give you the short version. You know, I like to say I've had three dream jobs before before becoming a coach, which has been the ultimate dream job. But I was someone who, coming out of college, pretty much knew what he wanted. I was a marketing major. I was always interested in sports and marketing. I was really looking for that fun job, something I could really enjoy. I got to do that. I got to work at Reebok, whose uh, headquarters are in Boston. I went to Boston University, lived, I'm from Massachusetts. Reebok's headquarters are there. I was felt very fortunate to land a marketing position there, um, mainly because my marketing professor at Boston University was also running their online platform. So I got to get into online marketing coming out of college, working for Reebok, which was pretty much a dream job. You know, I got to working at Reebok was almost like working at a summer camp. We had like basketball every day after lunch and, and, you know, soccer in the afternoons. It was a pretty fun campus to work on. After that, I moved out to LA and I got bitten by the Hollywood bug, you might say, and actually worked for a talent agency as an assistant to an agent for one of the big agencies. That was a really cool gig. I thought I was going to become a big time Hollywood agent until I realized it was a pretty toxic work environment and not the right work environment for me personally. I still have a lot of respect for the people that I work with there and they are hard workers. So it is what it is to to each his own. But when I left there, I had uh, still had thirst and a passion for entertainment. So I went to law school and graduated with a focus of wanting to get into the entertainment industry in New York City. So I moved to New York City through networking, through working my contacts. I landed a summer internship working for Def Jam while I was in law school. So that was my second summer, and which is a critical summer for, uh, for anyone who goes to law school. 
And then that ended up being my job after graduation. So I graduated law school, moved to New York City, and I was working at Def Jam's in-house legal department. So again, absolutely a dream job. I, it, was, it was really cool to be on the inside of all those industries, from sports marketing to Hollywood to the music industry. All great jobs, but none of them really hit the spot of fulfilling work. And so for me, that was like a big aha moment. After that third dream job didn't work out, I was like, what am I doing wrong here? What am I chasing? And I wasn't looking to become a coach, but I was introduced to a coach and I, and I was introduced to the, to the world of personal development in New York City. And going through that process personally opened up my eyes to, one, what I was doing wrong and how to live life with a little bit more intention, with a little bit more clarity, with a little less fear, because fear was a, a big player in stopping me from really figuring out what I wanted to do next. I just really fell in love with the coaching process. And then that became the thing that I wanted to do next. So then I dedicated a few years of my career to um, understanding what coaching is, getting training, volunteering, just soaking in the world of coaching as a student. wasn't getting paid to do this. It was just me learning the craft and eventually became clear that while I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. Coaching became the thing that I wanted to do next. And the rest is history. I've made the transition and here I am having been sort of coaching, I would say officially since like 2012. So you said coaching became the thing that you wanted to do next. What mm -hmm. were some of the major factors or what prompted that decision? What, uh, what took place in that, that transgression where you're like, I'm a lawyer, I'm looking, I don't know what I want to do next. And coaching eventually filled that space in a way that is much more fulfilling to you than what some of your previous experiences were. What took place to make that happen? When I started working with a coach and I met coaches, I was taking a program where I was doing a lot of personal development work on myself. And so it was in that process where I really got some clarity about the limiting beliefs that were holding me back. And I quickly saw how relevant it was to my career search. I saw how coaching really helped bring some clarity and confidence to myself. You asked when it became clear I wanted to do that as a career. That was kind of like the aha moment where I was like, wow, this coaching conversations have been so powerful and meaningful for me to sort of transform the way I see myself and the way I think and the way I act. I know it's going to be helpful to other people who were also having the same issues I was from feeling stuck, not feeling good enough, not knowing uh, what they wanted to do next. I knew I could apply the coaching framework to a career conversation and help other people. So I kind of put two and two together way back then. And then I just started to, like I said, I started to take more classes and gain more experience as a coach, all with the goal of wanting to help other, the time I was like, in my early 30s. So my goal was I'm going to help other 30-somethings who are feeling stuck in their careers figure out what they want to do next. And that was sort of the mission I'd set for myself. And over some time, I was eventually able to do that. What do you feel like for you has, over that period of time, given you the, the confidence to go from, hey, I think this is the right thing for me, to now, I mean, clearly you're on the polar opposite side. You've worked with many people. You've gotten a lot of them, some pretty impressive results. And what took place, especially in the early days, where it gave you the confidence to become a career coach or to move down that track or to take some pretty significant steps? What did that look like for you? 
I would say there's so many layers to the confidence question. You know, it wasn't like one day I was not a career coach and the next day I decided I'm going to be a career coach. Yeah. It's hard to explain, except it's almost like the uh, analogy of peeling an onion, right? There's sort of layers to the way confidence builds and clarity builds. And so for me, I think a real sort of aha moment was, again, when I was sort of seeing the parallels between how much coaching was helping me develop personally. And then I saw how it can be applied to the career conversation. And quite frankly, you know, when I first got started, I was assisting in some of these classes. I was volunteering. I was inviting friends for free career coaching sessions. You know, like, hey, this is what I'm really passionate about. This is what I'm looking to do. I'd love to practice on you. My friends were kind enough to say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take some free coaching. So there was a lot of free coaching involved. So I think people need to definitely drop the expectation of, they're going to decide to become a career coach and immediately feel confident <laughs> doing, doing that, right? It's going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of skill building. And so be prepared for that. Want to get better as a coach before you feel like you need to go put yourself out there and sell your services. I wasn't selling my services for a long time. It was more about just getting comfortable being a coach and understanding the skill set of being a coach. That's interesting. I'm taking away a few things from that. One, mm-hmm. thank you for calling out the... I'm going to call it a myth that's out there that it's like, okay, I'm going to like, everything's nice and neat in terms of like, here's progression. Number one, I'm going to decide I'm going to become a career coach. And then I'm going to do something miraculous that then allows me to have the confidence to be a career coach. And then I'm going to start coaching from that point. Oh, and then after that, I'm going to, it's not (laughs) nice. Yeah. (laughs) And all the things. So I appreciate you calling out that that isn't the way that it actually works. And again, this is another example of you walking the walk, I think, in terms of you said, hey, I'm very interested in this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to start coaching. (laughs) And and I think that's what's made you such a great coach in a lot of different ways, too, is I've gotten the opportunity to interact with you because you just started putting in the reps right away. Yeah, yeah. And to that point, it's also these are sort of small things, right? Like I didn't set the expectation to want to be a full-time coach, making a full-time income the day I decided I wanted to be a coach. And so you said something about putting the reps, which I uh, totally agree with. So when I'm, as I mentioned, I did a lot of free coaching. I was just practicing on people. So it was low stakes. It was low pressure for me. My coaching clients weren't expecting much, (laughs) you know? So in the beginning, I suggest people do a lot of that. Keep it really low stakes. Just get some practice reps in. It's the same thing for building your skill as a public speaker, which I've been working on for a few years now, is you don't start off on stage in front of 10,000 people. You maybe join Toastmasters and talk to a room full of 10 people. So you really want to start off small and build from there. What do you think, and I understand completely that there's there's no one answer here, but I'm really interested in your opinion. Mm hmm And we get this question all the time in various different forms. But what do you believe qualifies somebody to be a career coach? What do you think those qualifications that need to be in place? Yeah, yeah. This is 100% a a helping career. Um, So this isn't, you know, sort of the, if you're attracted to like the laptop lifestyle or working for yourself or, or any of those things or, you know, making tons of money in your pajamas, like, that's not what coaching is, and especially career coaching. You're, you're having a very serious, important conversation with people about the direction of their lives. 
So own that going into it, like own that this is a very serious conversation. People are really coming to you for your expertise, your guidance, your ability to help them think clearly. That's something that's really important to understand. And then ICF certified coach. I know anyone can really call themselves a coach, but when you're an ICF certified coach, which is sort of the governing body, there are set standards and skills that you need to meet in order to have a coaching conversation, which is a very specific kind of conversation. It's the reason why when you go to your friends or family for advice, they tell you what they think, right? <laughs> and as a coach, you know, we're trained to, to not do that. It's not about what we think. We're not here to tell you what to do. We're not consultants. We don't have the answer in a box for you to then apply. Coaching is a very in its most traditional, purest form, it's, it's a very specific kind of conversation that you need to be trained in in order to be effective doing it. So I would say those are the things that should qualify a coach. It's like, are you trained in the skill set of coaching, which is a very particular style of counseling and dealing with people? And do you have a real sincere passion for helping people? If you don't have that, I'm going to call it tendency or that desire to help people that you called it a passion in Mm -hmm. that particular way, it's going to be rough going (laughs) and coaching, (laughs) especially career coaching, probably not, not right for you in any way whatsoever. However, if you do, then a lot of those other pieces that you pointed out can be developed. And what I'm curious about then is you've made this transition. And mm-hmm. again, we talked about a lot of this happened in small steps over time, each building upon another uh, over a period of years for you. And as those were happening, I'm curious what the hardest thing in becoming a career coach was for you. Yeah. I've been thinking back on this recently because it was the confidence piece. In the beginning, I'm not immune to whatever any new coach is is feeling right now, right? I was absolutely feeling this sort of fear of putting myself out there, of not feeling good enough, not being confident, because you can't help but want to be further along than where you are. It's like, I was excited about coaching. I wanted to do more coaching. But then there was totally that piece of me that was like, oh my God, like, if you put yourself out there, what will people think? You know, it's that whole imposter syndrome thing. So I remember that being an issue in the beginning for for quite a bit. You know, I was kind of scared to put myself out there, whether it was telling people I was a coach or, or writing and blogging and things like that. I was really sort of suffering from that fear of what other people thought. And that's definitely not an issue as much anymore. It certainly is a little bit, but I've you know been doing this long enough to sort of overcome at least that initial lack of confidence. And, but there's a, a great saying where it's like, once you climb one mountain, you're just at the bottom of another. So <laughs> there's always more confidence to be gained <laughs> as you continue to grow as a coach. But I think that was really hard for me in the beginning was getting over that like fear of what other people would think of me. What helped you to get over that? And I'm also curious, is that a, I don't know how you experience this necessarily, but I, a lot of the fears or things that I've had to quote unquote, get over in the past. Sometimes I don't totally get over them. It just becomes better at either moving through them or they resurface less in some way. So I'm curious, one, what does that look like today for you? Is that still something that you experience from time to time? And then two, what has helped you the most? Yeah. So I think, so what has helped the most is doing things that are less scary. As I mentioned, like if you could take small steps, so it might be scary to write a blog post in the beginning. It might be scary to tell people that you're a career coach in the beginning, 
But you want to find like small ways where it isn't scary. So maybe it's like telling strangers your career coach is not as scary, but maybe it's like telling your good friends, hey, this is what I'm up to and I'd love your support. Can I practice on you? So go for like the low hanging fruit in the beginning that's not as scary so you can build up your confidence. And I think just like, just by the virtue of continuing to like, you know, it's that saying of just like, don't give up, right? You kind of put yourself into the stream of activity you stay consistent with it. And just that's how confidence builds. It's like a muscle that you kind of have to keep exercising. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's not going to be there. So if you let your fears stop you, then you lose. But if you can just continuously take action, however small it is, I guarantee you it'll build. You'll get over the fears. Part of coaching is coaching people on their fears. So I've gotten a lot of coaching on how to move past them. And to your point, they never really go away completely. We're all human beings. And again, whenever, whatever new stage you're at in your career, as you grow, you, you, you know, you, once you get to the next level, it's, it's a new level. So of course you're out, again, stepping outside your comfort zone and now you're scared of this new level. I definitely feel much more confident around that. And, and the fears stop me less, but well, I've got a bunch of speaking gigs coming up this month and you better believe I'm nervous and I want to deliver and I'm afraid of what people will think of me, but I'm also excited to do it. You know, I've been doing this long enough where the fears don't stop me anymore. Well, I love that. <laughs> and it's still another example of practicing what you preach and teach and inevitably coach upon here. Could we talk about business mix and how that has progressed? I obviously know a bit about your story and everything else along those lines and know that you started side hustling. Well, that's not entirely true. You were coaching with a university and doing it in that capacity. And then on top of that, uh, mm-hmm. side hustling for a period of time. And then you started working with other organizations as well. And you know that's where we got the opportunity to begin working together. And as you transitioned into doing coaching full-time and beginning building your business, then you've created a different mix than what you've started with. So one, I'm curious, what was your thinking in terms of how it has changed for what you started with in early on mix versus what it's evolved to today? And then help people understand what is the current mix of your, I coach with other other organizations versus building your own coaching business as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's definitely evolved over time. And so for me, when I was clear that I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore and I wanted to move into coaching, I kind of had an interesting happen uh, interesting thing happen when I when I quit being a lawyer and I needed to make some money. I went to a staffing agency and when it, and it was a legal staffing agency. So for me, my idea was let me just get a job that pays the bills while I figure out how to build my coaching business on the side. And so I go to this recruiting agency and I'm having a great conversation with the recruiter who, you know, on some level is involved with helping people in their job search, right? So we have a great conversation. She ends up offering me a job to come work for her team as a recruiter, as a legal recruiter, which ended up being a great training ground for being a career coach because one, you get to understand how employers work with recruiting agencies to hire people. I got to have the conversation. I got to look at, I look over tons of resumes and have one-on-one conversations with people to help them improve their job search. So essentially, I was kind of like a recruiter who was doing a lot of career coaching, which is essentially the job of a recruiter, one aspect of it. So that was a great transition job for me after leaving the law. And of course, that experience definitely confirmed my desire to be, to be a career coach and to be in the space. And then when I left that role through networking, uh, I left New York and moved back to Boston 
And through networking, I was able to make roads into the higher education world of Boston, which is just like a sea of colleges there. Again, that's where I'm from. I went to Boston University. But where I went to law school, I was talking to my old career counselor there. And she actually suggested the idea with my background as an attorney and my new skill set as a coach, you could go into career services within a law school and be a great fit there. And she was absolutely right. Uh, luckily for me, there were some opportunities open within first at Northeastern University and then at New England Law. And so I worked in career services in the law school world for about five or six years. And through over those five or six years, I continued to build my own private practice on the side. I was heavily taking advantage of LinkedIn, really building my brand as a coach and a career professional. And because of doing that, I started to get the attention of other people in the community. So I was invited to speak at different associations. I had a few company, larger like executive coaching companies reach out to me to say, hey, and the way they're structured is they're these executive coaching companies and they just basically have a roster of freelance coaches. They're not employees. They're all individual 1099 freelancers. But um, these executive coaching companies farm out the work to these freelance coaches, and I got to be one of them. So I started to see how I could build a career as a coach if I ever wanted to go out on my own, which was always my my goal. So to your point, I continued to hold a day job as a career counselor, but started building my practice on the side. We're getting uh, started getting clients directly on my own. So I had my own roster of pr- private clients while also having companies feed me clients as well. So that was it was great. I was making money. I was, had different sources of income coming in from different companies. And now my mix today looks a lot like that. I've let go of the, uh, the full-time job at the university, said bye to health insurance and all those great benefits, like a 401k matching program. But you know, I'm excited about building my own practice. I do like the fact that there's no income limit to how much I can make now. And I have a paycheck coming from several different sources. And so while things are still sort of shaky. And I'm absolutely, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a solo business owner with a family to take care of, I certainly worry about keeping the lights on and all that good stuff. But I've done this long enough where I'm confident in myself. I'm confident in being able to pull this off. But it is by no means easy right now. There's a lot of headaches, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure on me to make sure this works. So yeah, that's the good and bad of it. So what you just mentioned, I think, is a, one of the questions that we get. Not I think, I know that's one of the questions we get on a fairly regular basis. I get asked this all the time in one capacity or another. For things like health insurance, that is a that is a huge showstopper, I think, yeah. in many people's minds. Yeah, I have my own opinions on that and everything like that. But I'm curious, for you, why was that transition worth it? And also, what have you done or how have you thought about that? I think I heard you say earlier that the idea of no limits on income is, yeah. is probably part of that. But what else is a, a part of that in terms of why that trade-off is right for you? Yeah, I would say, you know, realistically, what made this possible was the fact that I was preparing to leave this job to go full-time into my business, right? So it wasn't like one day I decided I want to start a business and didn't have one. Um, I was constantly preparing for this moment. So w- w- so I knew what I was stepping into. I knew what I would have to cover for health insurance. So none of this has taken me off guard. And that's what I encourage people to think about is it's almost like they start thinking about their next job the day after they got fired. I coach my clients to 
prepare to leave, prepare to get to that next level in your career. Don't start doing it the day after you need a new job. And so for me, I, I would definitely have people understand that there are sort of realities and practical issues that you need to educate yourself on in order to work for yourself. And absolutely health insurance is one of them, certainly savings for retirement and all that good stuff. And, and I'm in the process of securing all of that, talking to financial advisors, understanding what makes sense for me and my family. But again, I'm, I'm only able to, I was only able to make the jump because I had been building my practice on the side. I started having enough income coming in that I knew I could easily replace what I was making at the law school in my full-time role. So I built up that runway where I could eventually make the jump. How has it... Well, actually, let me ask you two different things. First of all, for health insurance specifically, just because I know that this is something that so many people ask about here. Yeah. Has that been as big of a deal for you? And what are... Are you still wrangling through that? Because it's been relatively... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very transparent Please. here. So it's really only been... It's been less, it's been about three or four months since I've been on my own. And, you know, luckily I'm healthy. My wife's healthy. My two kids are healthy. We don't have any pre existing conditions. We don't have any health issues. So, in that sense, we're very lucky and we're fine to get the health insurance. It's been a real pain figuring out the paperwork and the and and sort of the uh, income verification that you have to do and things like that. I can I'll admit I'm not the most organized person when it comes to paperwork. Things like that have been difficult. And then of course, like the sticker shock of what you have to pay every month for health insurance is is a hard cost to swallow. I mean, it's obviously a necessary cost, and we have to do it. But yeah, that takes a big hit out of the income that's coming in. So for me, it's like I'm seeing. I'm being very sort of practical about what our costs are to live this lifestyle. My wife also works for herself, you know, so here we are, we're both self-employed. And so for us, it's like, we've come this far. This is, you know, part of the dream lifestyle that we want for ourselves and we're doing it. And now it's just about, you know, increasing the income column in our checkbooks or (laughs) on our balance sheet is just increasing that income while managing our expenses. I have found that at least in the United States, Compared to even seven, eight years ago, 10 years ago, the Mm -hmm. insurance side, based on some of the laws that have changed and other things like that, makes it a lot more feasible for Mm -hmm. somebody to make this type of change. And yes, totally in agreement that the paperwork is a pain, no matter what state you live in, because every state state regulates their own um, health exchange, and there's a variety of different ways to, and variety of different providers that are on each state's health exchange. However, I found it to be much, much more possible and easier transition in some ways, aside from the paperwork, than, <laughs> uh, than it was even just a short period of time ago. Um, you, mentioned, you, know, you mentioned that uh, both you and your, your wife are self-employed and everything along those lines. I mean, I'm curious, how has it shaped, you mentioned your dream lifestyle too, how has it really shaped your life to become a career coach. And as you're on this transition and you're on this journey, what does that look like for you? To be honest, it's really been great. Part of this transition for me, not only have I gone full-time into self-employment, but we also moved from Boston to Philadelphia. And that's been a nice change as well. And my life, when I was working full-time and building my coaching business, just like every full-time employee, I had to like fight the commute into, into work every day, probably like 45, 60 minutes every day uh, there and back. And 
saw my kids really quickly in the morning, saw my little ones quickly in the evening. They're, you know, they're, we have a one and a half year old and a three and a half year old. So like, you know, their bedtime is pretty much around six or seven o'clock and then that's it. So it always felt like a very busy lifestyle. Like I was always running to work, running, running back home, you know, wanting to maximize time with family. And the weekends always felt too short. And I had a really good job too. I loved my job. It was not very stressful in higher ed. It's a, it's a true nine to five, you know, dealing with too many fires in that world. It still felt like we were kind of dealing with a lot time-wise. And so for me, I love that I, I, don't, I don't have a boss. I don't have the pressure of someone breathing down my neck or telling me to do something that I think is unnecessary or, <laughs> or anything I don't agree with. I like that I can, and now, now my mornings are, I get up, we make breakfast. My wife actually, we've agreed that I take over the mornings and she takes the afternoon. So my mornings are spent with the kids. We're making breakfast, getting everybody ready. My son goes to daycare. I drop my daughter off at her babysitter. And then I start work around 10-ish. And then I usually work till about five or six. Then I come home, everyone's playing, having dinner. My wife's sort of taking care of the afternoon shift. And it's just a much more... I love the freedom. I can come home at lunch. I can do whatever I want during the day. I can, I can run errands in the meantime. I really do love the freedom. That was something that was always important to me. I knew there was something, something about my why personally was being someone who was in control of his life, both financially and time-wise. That, that For some reason, that's been really important to me. <laughs> I'm enjoying that aspect of being self-employed. Very cool. To further validate that, I love the freedom in even the small ways. Like as we're talking, maybe this is TMI, but I'm not wearing socks right now or shoes or anything <laughs> along those lines. Great. And it's wonderful. And there's <laughs> zero possibility. Well, that's not entirely true. I could have done it um, and probably did do it at some occasions, but probably with many, many weird looks in other places that, uh, that I've worked in. <laughs> definitely was not the norm, but it can be the norm if I want it to be here. So really appreciate you sharing all of that. And I've got one other question for you too. And that's, if you had to go back and do all of this over again, knowing what you know now, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> and instead of <laughs> instead of years to be able to make this happen, you had just three months to start your business and get into coaching, maybe learn yeah. some of the things that you needed to learn. What would you do? What would you do if you had to go back and do that all over again? What would be some of the most important, impactful pieces? I would say first, like give yourself the permission to know that you don't have to be perfect. You're going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird. You're going to feel scared. All those feelings of insecurity and doubt, like give yourself permission to feel all that. Like don't feel like you shouldn't be feeling all that because I think people fight that. They fight that instead of just like owning it. So I think that might help you move through it a little faster. And also, I mean, get a coach. Absolutely. <laughs> get a coach who can help you up-level your skills help you get out of that own trap of thinking you're not good enough, of thinking, what are people going to say? What are people going to think about me? You need someone in your corner, specifically a coach, just like pushing you. You need someone who believes in you. You know, I find it an awesome part of our job that so much about what our clients need isn't more information, <laughs> even though they might be coming to us for that. It's they need, they need someone believing in themselves so they can start believing in themselves. So get a coach, absolutely, that can help you get over your issues <laughs> so you can move forward in your coaching career and let's see number three to get started and then just practice like get out there you know talk to people do it for free volunteer you know there are definitely like associations where you can go in and say hey i'm training to be a career coach i'd love to volunteer at a nonprofit. 
you can certainly do things like that. I did that. I worked with when I first moved to Boston, you know, before I started working at the universities, I said, how can I just want to be go be more useful? I'm tired of sitting at home wondering how to coach more people. So let me go find an organization that helps unemployed people and volunteer my time there. And I did that. And that was great. I met a lot of people. It put me in the stream of a community here in Boston that I still keep in touch with. So yeah, I would say do that. Go volunteer, go practice, get your reps in. Mo, I really appreciate you taking the time to share. And uh, every time I get a chance to chat with you, it's wonderful. Again, we don't always get to press the record button on it, but I really, very much appreciate it. And know that especially the advice that you just gave in terms of what you would do if you were had to do it all over again, would absolutely recommend that to anybody who is on the other side of this looking at, hey, is this right for me? How do I get into this? Or maybe has already made that decision and is deciding they want to take further steps. So really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. It's always a great opportunity. I love, I love chatting with you about this stuff and I appreciate your commitment to to just putting out quality content and then your commitment to coaching. It's, it's inspiring. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode on how to become a career coach. Go to howtobeacareercoach.com to sign up for our 14-day email series that takes you through step-by-step everything you need to become a career coach and find out how it could be possible for you. 